It's time for another exciting, enthralling, stupefyingly monotonous, and entirely unnecessary episode of TV Chinwag. Please welcome your hosts with the meh, Ryan and Jules. Hello everybody, welcome to episode 39 of Television Chinwag. My name is Ryan and with me as always is the woman who's no longer in charge of the podcast because she keeps screwing things up. I'm making my job harder. Jules, welcome Jules. Well, you're a simple child. It doesn't take much to make life hard for you. I'm <laughs> sorry I'm, I'm, sorry I'm so uber evolved and I make, I, uh, I have hard to come down to your level to do the sort of, you know, the Simple Man's podcast, but, you know, that's what I get for doing a podcast with you. So I've handed back the reins to Ryan this week so we can run it at his pace. I promise not to use words of more than two syllables and to speak slowly and clearly and slap him uh, when necessary. Jules, you are going to make some lucky guy a fantastic wife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right. Oh, see see what times. I mean, people? Yeah. He has no idea. <laughs> no clue. Clueless. No, not at all. Thanks again for coming back once once again, Jules. Oh, it's too this late to suck would be up absolutely now. nothing without you. Well, no, literally. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get offers for other podcasts all the time. Really? So Is I, there any money involved? Yes, and I'm just knocking it back going, no, of course, if there's money involved, you wouldn't see me for dust. Yeah, you you have to just, if the money involved won't, just point them at me and I'll make, the, I'll be your podcast pimp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if there's money involved, it's going in my pocket and you won't see ah, me. Makes sense. You got a very expensive um, <laughs> con habit, apparently, from what I've seen. How many conventions do you go to this year, Jules? Oh, well, it's suddenly, it's somehow snuck up so i'm doing um coming over for van the supernatural convention in vancouver at the end of august i very very luckily and this is thanks to tv chinwag got a press pass to go to comic-con in san diego in july Yay, fantastic so expect lots of um incomprehensible interviews from me with people you probably don't care about <laughs> because i'll just be talking to people from shows that ryan probably hates uh, like the 100 um uh, and then oh i hope you do a 100 and and uh, doctor who collab oh god would there be anything that would get me more excited than to hear that yeah i might be doing that uh that chevy chinwag alone i realize um and then down here in australia we have a few uh conventions on there's a supernova in april which i'm very excited about it has uh george takai and nichelle nichols from the original star trek Coming, which uh, certainly in the wake of the very sad death of Leonard Nimoy this week, I think makes us realise that we don't always have a lot of time left with these people because they're old. Um, and so there's that. Then there's a Who a Doctor Who convention, which you'll be so jealous you're not going to. And then there's a couple of guys from that show you work on are coming to Australia as well. What are they doing? They're doing a supernatural, a day in Sydney and a day in Melbourne. That sounds like fun. 
Um, they haven't, Jared and Jensen haven't been here since 2010. So there's oh. many, many fans. And that's the only time they've been here. Although Jared was here for the Supernova convention in 2008. Um, he was a last minute replacement uh, oh. uh, for someone. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really happy for Australian fans because, um, uh, you know, it's a rare yeah. thing to get uh, big yeah. stars from a current TV show uh, down in yeah. Australia. Um, I don't envy Jared and Jensen, who have got three conventions one weekend after another in May, one in England, one in Italy, and one in Australia. <coughs> wow, that's just a hop, skip, and a jump, isn't it? I'll be racking up a, a, a few frequent flyer miles during that trip. But, yeah, I'm very happy for all the Aussie fans who um, mm. uh, would never normally get a chance to see them. Uh, so, yes, I do have a few conventions coming up. Will um, you be attending the All About Women Festival in Sydney? No, because it's this weekend. However, I am oh. very happy because... Um, uh, Anita Sarkeesian, uh known as uh, Feminist Frequency, uh, who's mm-hmm. at that festival, is coming to Melbourne and I will be seeing her oh. here on Tuesday night. So oh, I, right. I'm okay. thrilled for that. Um, maybe you could ask her why she hates men so much. Oh, there'll be a lot of hating of men, I am sure, because it's all about women. Um, I'm just we'll, I'll have my, actually, I'll have my I, misandry t-shirt on. <laughs> yeah. Um, the whole Gamergate issue, I mean, I'm not going to take a stance on it because I don't really give a shit. But uh, to me, I, I really like the essays that she did. I thought they were great. I, I thought they were PhD-level essays, and um, I thought they were great. Um, and I thought I found it very interesting. And I watched all of, uh, all of the video game stuff that they did. I thought that was good. And I... Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, an interesting thing that has brought uh, video game, you know, uh, into a, the discussion around video games as storytelling into a yeah. broader context. I mean, all the hate aside, which it's hard to leave it aside, but you know, for years we've been, you know, people have been saying, you know, v- video games are as a legitimate form of storytelling as movies or TVs or books or whatever, and. If that's how you see them, then all part of that is also critiquing them and looking at the stories they're telling and the characters and all that. And uh, she's really been responsible for for sort of elevating that discussion in, into something. And I, you know, the, the upshot for games in the end can only be good because it is about how do we tell better stories in in, in video games. And I just wish I had another five days uh, a week in my life to play all the games I would like to play. Yeah, you and me both. It's uh, uh, Sadly, over the last probably 18 months, I've, I've really dropped off in my game playing because um, – oh, purely because of <laughs> doing stupid podcasts. Um, but <laughs> it's uh, – and working. <laughs> um, it's 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 – dropped off the top of my list of things to do well but. i am happy to say that my candy crush game is going strong <laughs> anytime i'm on the toilet candy candies are being crushed <laughs> if you know what I mean. oh i have to say that's hilarious uh when i go to the when i go to the loo at work and you hear mm-hmm. from a cubicle three down someone's forgotten mm-hmm. to turn the um sound off You're their right. phone and you hear the candy crush music coming from the cubicle <laughs> and sometimes that person might be me so <laughs> god damn it i'm just trying to have a poo and a candy crush in peace <laughs> gross 
You had to make it gross, didn't you? Oh, I like making things gross. But let's let's move from gross back to television. Sometimes right. they're the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, what one thing I wanted to talk about briefly uh, in some, I suppose it's news. It's a little bit old now because we've finished the um, awards uh, season for for TV and and for movies. But a really weird thing that the Emmys have done. And we talked on the last episode a lot about uh, comedies, and we're going to talk about two comedies again tonight, today. God, I don't even know what mm-hmm. time it is. It's only midday here. Um, the Emmys have now redefined comedy as having to be under 30 minutes to fit into their comedy category for TV awards. Now, can you explain to me how a time limit relates to the genre of the show you're making? I no, I can't. Like, I can't explain why the Emmys do anything that they do. Well, why did the, why did the Emmys make special effects and visual effects the same fucking category? Well, I know the 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 list of questions is long and probably unanswerable, but this is must rate up there with the. Uh, and I know all the awards show have strange rules around what's a – and they've been challenged, I think, by the diversity in television these days. You know, what's a miniseries? What's – you know, is True Detective uh, a series or is it a – what do they call it? An event television a or a miniseries yeah. or a one-off? or yeah. uh, and, and what's the difference between a guest star and a supporting actor and yeah. – but to define comedy as having to be have episodes that run less than thirty minutes is it just seems stacking the deck. <laughs> well, I can't even work out where that logic comes from. That you yeah. can't think you can have. Uh, I mean, if you want to have two categories, you know, long form yeah. and short form comedy. Yeah. But why would you cut out shows like the hugely popular Jane the Virgin or Orange Is the New Black? Um, right. Because they're over thirty minutes. I mean, that's yeah. just. And w- what about um, um, House of Lies? That's Isn't under that thirty minutes. An hour? Is it thirty minutes? Yeah. Is it? Right. I don't even know. Mm, Seems longer uh, than thirty minutes, but I'm be. pretty sure it's thirty minutes. Does. Yeah. But yeah, it's it seems crazy. I mean, it's it'd be like defining drama as something that's between you know forty eight and fifty three minutes, and anything longer isn't, and anything shorter isn't. I mean. Mm-hmm. Seriously, yeah, making yeah. me cranky. Um, I'll uh, ask them when I uh, submit my dues this year. I'm sure they'll get back to me right away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that'll be top of their list. Anything yeah. else that's going on in the world of television you wanted to mention? Um, not really. I, you know, um, I've been watching Black Sails again this year. Um, season two of Black Sails. It's been really good. Yes, I haven't uh, returned to that, so I must yeah. um, I must get back into that. Yeah. <clears throat> We're at that funny time of year where we've got some shows finishing, we've got some shows on a bit of a hiatus, we're about to have a lot of new shows start. Um, coming up for its last couple of episodes is Justified, which um, I've been a fan of for its five seasons. I think it's five, I forget now. Um and it's having a very satisfying final final season after its last season last year was its worst, let's say that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's returned nicely full circle to 
um, really reflecting back the themes from the, the first season with the characters and very much enjoying that. Um, the 100, which has got one episode less this, left this season and has brilliantly been renewed for a third season, thank you, CW, uh, I have to say has been one of the best seasons of, of television for me this year. Absolutely stellar stuff. If you love something like Battlestar Galactica, you should be watching The 100. This is dark, gritty, morally ambiguous characters with amazing arcs. Um, It's really blown it out of the water. Uh, I know you didn't like the first few episodes in the first season, Ryan, but at some point in your life when you have time... (laughs) You really need to go back and watch this. Um, You can see as it developed why it set things up the way it set up because, you know, yes, there was a lot of sort of pretty teens having angst and love triangles and the whole point was to see how how far you can take them from that in in a couple of seasons and Mm. it's it's really doing some great stuff. Um, And we had a killer gorilla this season too, which made me... Happy for no particular reason. Did they call him Killer Gorilla? No. No, oh, that's too bad. Yeah, they, they should have. And that like, a, like a great babe kind of thing. <laughs> Killer Gorilla. That actually maybe should be the name of my sitcom. Um, I, I don't hate it. Don't hate it. Okay, I'll work. No. I'll, I'll work with that. Killer one. Gorilla. Kill crushing rangers for you know since nineteen eighty. Yeah. Okay. We'll workshop. We'll workshop that one later. Um, and coming up on the CW in the middle of March, we have Rob Thomas's Eye Zombie again, a, uh, an hour-long comedy, which I'm looking forward to, uh, based on a graphic novel. Uh, Rob, uh, Rob Zombie, Rob Thomas, of course, uh, most famously known for Veronica Mars. So I have high hopes um, that that will amuse me. Very cool. Let's get into what we're going to talk about this week, seeing we didn't get round to it really last week because I kept yes. banging on about, I kept wagging my chin. Tell I us- just thought I just thought we were just talking about shows in the last episode. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to get onto specifics. Yeah, you need a bit more endurance, a bit more stamina yeah. with your TV talk, right? Yeah, true. I will true, let true. I will let you kick it off with giving us the backstory to a Better Call Saul. You. What can we do for you, Jimmy? The money is beside the point. Money is the point. Does this bring payday to you, huh? You know, Jimmy, in our line of work, you can get so caught up in the idea of winning to forget to listen to your heart. Better Call Saul. Two-night series premiere begins Sunday, February 8th at 10. Only on AMC. So, Better Call Saul is the... Prequel? Well, I mean, it's not a quill, but it's the... the it's the, a prequel. Uh, but quill is, is kind of like a sequel, right? Okay. Anyways, it's the it's what happened before the episodes of Breaking Bad, or the, the events of Breaking Bad. It takes six years before Walter White is diagnosed with cancer. And we don't follow Walter White at all. We follow who, in the, in the Breaking Bad, was named Saul Goodman, and this is called Jimmy... Oh shit, uh, uh, Jimmy. Uh, What's his uh, name? Uh, 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 An Irish uh, name. Uh, um, she said, trying to think of it. Yeah. Anyways, so we follow. Uh, <laughs> I I do have the page up here. I'm just too lazy to open it. 
Jamie uh, McGill, right? McGill. Yeah. Well, who's the same character? We should explain. It's <laughs> Saul Goodman was he originally hasn't called. His name. Yes, yeah. he was originally called Jimmy Jimmy McGill, and um, yeah. uh, he was a, a public defender in Albuquerque. So, and and uh, we follow him in him trying to get by, taking these public defender cases, making seven hundred bucks a, a case. Um, you know, driving a piece of shed car and and really having a hard time with it. But we sort of see his life and get to know a little bit about him and why is he the shitty lawyer who's barely scraping by and there's an, another law firm involved called something something McGill whom he's related to. Um so Chuck, much like Breaking Chuck Bad, McGill's a lot of stuff yeah, a lot of stuff isn't really explained. They don't really tell you why he's like this. It's just something you find out as the show unfolds. Um so for anybody who was upset that Breaking Bad ended, I mean, this picks up right in its place. And I was worried. I think we talked about this a year and a half ago, Jules, or a year ago, about Better Call Saul when they announced it. And I was concerned at the time that they said it was going to be a comedy mm. and sitcom. And I, I thought, oh, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch a, a, a Better Call Saul sitcom. This isn't that. If that's what they were going for, they failed miserably. This is, <laughs> but succeeded uh, accidentally in that case. But succeeded at being the continuation or prequel of Breaking Bad. I mean, this is very much Vince Gilligan. This is very much uh, the people that made Breaking Bad. This is, uh, it's a, I mean, they have the same editors. Yeah. Um, Skip McDonald uh, is back editing and um, uh, what's her name? Sorry, anyways, is back editing as well. Uh, they're doing a great job. It is very much Breaking Bad. It takes place in the same place, shot the same, looks great, great writing, wonderful. What did you think of Better Call Saul? Um, oh, look, I, I, like you, was wondering whether they would, you know, totally be going for a different, you know, genre and everything, but this is very much the child of Breaking Bad. I mean... Uh, the cinematography, the style, the mood of it is all... Well, it should be the, the parent of Breaking Bad. Well... But yeah. 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 I yes, it. yes, in a time loop situation. Um, <laughs> it is the parent. Uh, so, yes, it's uh, very much in the... in, in Yeah, you know, it's very much cut from the same cloth. That's probably the best way of saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, in fact, the first episode picks up after the end of Breaking Bad. And for those Breaking Bad fans would know that um, Saul Goodman, who takes off his life in in having been shattered uh, at the end of... Breaking Bad and, and sort of predicts that he'll be working in a in a Cinnabon uh, store somewhere, uh, and that's how we we pick up with him. Um, he's working in in this you know bakery in Omaha, and it's really sad. <laughs> like, yeah. it's um, you know, it, it's very. I mean, melancholy is not even the word. I mean, we've got this man whose life's been pulled apart, who's got this you know. Uh, barely living wage job uh, at night. He's got this little apartment and he sits and watches, you know, he, he has a bag of VHS videos of his old Better Call Saul TV ads. Like, you could not get more pathetically sad. Yeah. Uh, and then we go, as you say, we go we go back to 2002 and, and where he was then. Um, I suppose one of the questions people will have is, "Do I have to have watched Break- Breaking Bad to watch this?" And the answer is no. You can, you can. You no, but I don't think you would appreciate it 
Well, no, yeah, no. No, no, I yeah. would say, and I don't, I don't know anyone who's watching it who hasn't watched Breaking Bad, but I, I think you could watch it on its own with that. I mean, it's not dependent on knowledge of the canon of um, of Breaking Bad. However, it ties in and there are characters who appear um, and there are parts of the story that inform what happens later in, in Breaking Bad, but they're done in such a way that if you don't know... Um, uh, if you don't know who a, a character is, like there's um, one of the baddies who, who Tuco who appears in Breaking Bad. If you don't know what happens to him in Breaking Bad, it doesn't affect your watching of Better Call Saul. It 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 gives you a squee moment if you have watched Breaking Bad. Yeah, and there are lots of little things like that that you go, oh yes, <clears throat> ah, that's where that came from, or that's that character. Um, so I, I would encourage people to watch it because it's a wonderful one. I mean, look, Bob Odenkirk, again, talking about brilliant comedic actors, is um, fantastic. And, and it has that Breaking Bad thing where it can be hilariously funny and then turn on a, turn on a penny and be as dark, um, dark whether it's in that sort of the sadness I was talking about earlier or, you know, Manage to pull off outrageous situations and make them believable. Um, it's yeah, it's it's a it's a wonderful show. Um, I I think that there's a really neat little thing that happens in it where you find that Saul is, um, or or Jimmy McGill is is helping his I think his brother yeah it's um, his brother played Chuck. by Michael McKeon yeah yeah his brother Chuck. Um, and that's really touching. I think that's very heartwarming, and it it's nice to see. It's nice to see a human side to Saul, whom I'm going to be honest. I, I was I didn't really like that much in Breaking Bad. Like he was not my least favorite. I think, but I, I wasn't the biggest fan. Well, it, it, often he I did find his pieces sometimes could be so tonally at odds with the rest of the show to some extent. Now, whether you saw that as a a respite or a highlight from what could be a, a, an incredibly dark show at times. And Saul was often the light relief, although there was darkness there too. But he was more, he was broad comedy in the midst of something that didn't really do broad comedy. And so I think that right. was often a tension. And either you loved that, loved the way that worked, or as, as you're saying, you know, sometimes it could feel a bit jarring to go from you know, what was happening with Walter and Sky and everything and then have this sort of broad, you know, uh, broadly drawn, you know, uh, cheap lawyer who, who was working with Walt. So, and there's a bit of that here as well. But as you said, we get to find out about what made Saul Saul. So, and because he's front and centre, which he wasn't in um, in Breaking Bad, uh, we do get to find out about him, and certainly more a lot more sympathetic character. Um, I'm thrilled that we've we've had the reappearance of um, Mike Ehrmantraut, who was uh, a very significant character in in Breaking Bad, and we get to see how he and um, Saul met, uh, and yeah. the development of their relationship. Um, because uh, he was he was one of my um what who was played by um Jonathan Banks was one of my favorite characters in in Breaking Bad for sure. Yeah, he was definitely my favorite as well. I'm 
I mean, it's still... I've seen all the episodes, I think, we're in episode five or something, but I'm still kind of like, what? Why is Mike like that? Mike's supposed to be super badass, so why is he working in that uh, mm. booth, you know what I mean? So I'm kind of like, eh, but I have complete faith. That's the thing. I'm not crazy about some of the stuff uh, or some of the character developments, but I have complete faith that it's going to blow me away by the end of the season. Kind of well, that's something I think when you've done a series like Breaking Bad, yes, you've earned, you've earned the audience's trust. And we, yeah. you know, uh, as someone who started Breaking Bad and decided I didn't like it after two episodes and then later returned to it and, and fell totally in love with it, uh, I, I'm certainly not, you know, I found the first episode of this. I thought, "Oh my god, this is going to be too depressing for me." But you know, I had faith that it will um, it would go in a way that um, was going to satisfy me, which it is so far. Yes, absolutely. Um, I like it. Uh, and I if like it, it a lot, I, I, as I said, I would watch it if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, and I think if you like this, it might be this. It might be a gateway drug to Breaking Bad. Now, uh, can there be people that? like this who don't like Breaking Bad. Sure, of course. I mean, And vice versa. I'm sure there'll be Breaking Bad fans who don't like this. This isn't Breaking Bad. Um, as, as much as it's, you know, very related to it, uh, it's not the same story. It's not a continuation. Um, yes, there are, there are characters and um, storylines that link in, but it's not Breaking Bad. So I'm sure there'll be people who don't need to see any more of Saul Goodman's story. How far have you gotten on it? Uh, I've only watched the first three so far. Okay, yeah. It it, it does open up a bit uh, more, obviously, as we go along. But, um, yeah, man, I this is definitely on my I don't miss it uh, list. So I'm really happy it's back because I was a big fan of Breaking Bad. I thought it was a, you know, one of the best shows on television uh, quite easily. So even think something that's a kissing cousin of it, I'm uh, I'm down. So they got me for the long haul. I think. Uh, the long haul with Saul. Yeah, exactly. Better call the long haul. <laughs> um, now on to another comedy, one that uh, was dropped, as we now say in the in the uh, the new world, dropped by Netflix uh, yesterday. Yesterday, my time or your time or sometime. Mm-hmm. The Unbreakable mm-hmm. Kimmy Schmidt. I'm not going back. What? I'm staying here. Who is this? I'm your new roommate. I will be very comfortable in here. You got a secret. I am one of the Indiana Mole women. From the news. I spent 15 years in that bunker eating beans out of a Florida Marlins cap. I just want to be a normal person. I'm having candy for dinner. Scram, you stupid ho- Got a job. Rushing. You'll need to be here by six every morning to get Buckley up for school. Then get me up by ten, but don't wake me up. Do you want a water? No. If you want to try me on. Look out, New York. Nothing can stop us now. Don't you keep me waiting. Mm-hmm. Um. I hadn't heard of this. Until you texted me, although I'd seen it posted somewhere, but I never really looked into it. Um, 
The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Why don't you tell us about it? Well, I'd heard about it purely because it was a uh, it was a show with Tina Fey connected to it. Now, I was not a religious watcher of Thirty Rock, um, but I did watch it over time. Uh, you know, I dipped in and out of it, and I really enjoyed it, and I do love. Tina Fey a lot. So I'd heard that she developed this uh, series which had been offered to NBC. Um, in fact, they ordered it, you know, they, they placed a 13 ep order with it and then they decided they didn't want it. Right. Um, so <laughs> uh, that is some, someone who made that decision at NBC is um, possibly currently uh, packing their goods into a box and yeah. leaving the building, I'd say. So Netflix picked it up and I'm pretty sure whoever made that decision at Netflix is currently uh, in a room surrounded by flowers and chocolates and um, getting <laughs> getting a new ergonomic chair. Um, so it's a half-hour comedy. It stars Ali Kemper, who I know you're a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. Where do you know Ali from? Um, I remember her from a YouTube video called uh, something like The Worst Blowjob in the World. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Where she's talking to her boyfriend, she's like, "You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna give you a blowjob." He's like, "All right." She's like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna make it so dry." And he's like, "What?" She's like, "Oh yeah, and I'm gonna get lots of teeth because I know you like the teeth all over." Ah, in her style, I thought, this chick is hilarious, <laughs> and she is. She's so funny. She's so damn funny and cute, and so easy to watch. Well, you fans will remember her from The Office. She played the receptionist who replaced Pam Beasley. Um, Jenna Elfman? Um, no. Jenna, what's her name? Anyways. Uh, Ellie Kemper replaced her. Um, she's very bubbly and airheady and cute and uh, precious and all the wonderful things uh, that you can have in a person. The premise of this show is... <laughs> she, hilarious. along with three other women, <laughs> were held in a bunker underground for the last 15 years with this cult leader who convinced them that the world had exploded and they couldn't leave. And these three girls were quite dumb and dim. Well, two of them were, and or three of them were. Was there four of them? Four of them in there, there, there were four of, four of them in total. And, and they all... One, including a cleaner. <laughs> yes. The Hispanic yeah. one. Right, right. Um... And finally, they're released, and that's sort of where we join them. They're released from this bunker and saved by the police, and they go out into the world. And um, Ellie Kemper's character is the, Kimmy, is the um, the one who's brave enough that she decides she's going to move to the big city, because if she's been locked up this whole time, she wants to see the world and get as much experiences as she can. So she comes to New York and she starts her life and she meets a cast of colorful characters and does some wonderful things. <laughs> Who else is in this show? We have um Titus Burgess. Jane- well, Titus Burgess plays uh her roommate. Uh he was in 30 Rock. Uh, oh, okay. And he play he plays a character called uh Titus Andromedon, which is his um adopted name. Um and he is Absolutely hilarious. And he's an amazing singer. Um, so he plays the sort of the guy who, you know, he also moved to New York from Mississippi to, you know, try and try and make it on Broadway and, and now it's 
however long, 15 years later, and he hasn't made it on Broadway and he's living in a basement apartment of a brownstone owned by the absolutely adorable Carol Kane. Right. and there's Jane Krakowski, uh, who plays a rich Manhattanite that Kimmy gets a job with as a nanny. And Jane, of course, was also on, on 30 Rock. And there's many other characters that um, that they cross paths with along the way. What did you think of the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? I loved it. I think it's absolutely hilarious. I think it's gorgeous. It's super bright, super colourful, super fun, super... High energy and and crazy and uh, uh, insane and wonderful. Um, I think I watched five episodes in a row on Netflix last night. Um, I think it was like it, it's great. I really enjoyed it. What do you think? Um, look, I <laughs> I think I've nearly finished it all now. Um, I only stopped watching because I had to leave the house last night to do some stupid, you know real life thing um it's adorable but it's also really sharp and really um what that's what i love about it is it appears all bright and bubbly but there's some really biting you know social commentary in there right from the beginning when the women are being rescued it has all the faux news coverage and it's got you know whatever it is you know four white women rescued and one who's not, you know, one Hispanic woman. Mm. Um, there's uh, there's a whole episode where, where Titus, the roommate, gets a job at a theatre restaurant and he finds out that when he walks around New York dressed as in this grotesque makeup as a werewolf, people treat him so much more fantastically than they treat him when he's just walking around as a black man. I mean, it's, it's very clever and very... But at the same time, it's all around this wonderful bubbly character who... Uh, Kimmy, the interesting thing, of course, there's all this, she's been locked up for 15 years, so there's a whole lot of pop culture references and that that she doesn't get. They play that, again, very, very cleverly. It's not just laughing at her. Because of her not being aware of these things, she gets to have commentary on them, uh, like her observations about selfies and stuff like that. Um, She's not a dumb character. She's actually very smart, and they use this... They don't downplay this darkness. Of the... So one thing the show doesn't shy away from is this dark backstory that it's set up for Kimmy. So the fact that she was held captive by some crazy apocalyptic preacher guy in a hole in the ground with three other women for 15 years. And that that's really interesting how you weave that back into this sort of bright, bubbly comedy and it how it never diminishes that. It's not just a thing of that they make jokes about and and there's actual you know commentary in there about you know just because someone looks bright and bubbly i mean we were talking last week about your movie weirdo hero and how you can make assumptions based on how someone presents about what their life is and you know kimmy is i mean she's like mary tyler moore on on e uh, you know she's so <laughs> happy and bubbly and um Wonderful, but she has this dark past which has shaped how she sees the world and, and, and her how she struggles to have an identity apart from the one the media who dubbed them the mole women have put it, but also what she learnt in being this in this uh, you know incredible, horrible environment for so long. And um, it does that with all the main characters too. It sort of starts to peel back um, 
what their uh, image is or what you presume about them to find out something more about them. And not in a – I mean, it's still comedic, um, but it gives this actual other level to it um, that's really fascinating. I really like the um... – you know, you want Kimmy to win. You want her to know, you know, how to get by in New York and these sorts of things. But you don't want her to lose her innocence. Well, and it's... Or I don't, at least. Well, it's almost... I don't think she's innocent. That's not quite the right word, I think. I think she's naive about some things. But I think what they cleverly do is not... And she's hopeful. Um. She's optimistic. But... Yeah, she. I don't know that. Maybe less less experienced in the world is perhaps because she's had her innocence ripped away from her. You know, she was fifteen when she was locked up, and horrible things done to her in a bunker. So it's it's an an interesting mix. But she's the unbreakable part, which comes about because of um, a comment made uh, at the beginning and which gives rise to the absolutely uh, wonderful and earwormy theme song. Yes. Um, uh, is about the women being unbreakable and that's what she is and that it hasn't, this horrific experience hasn't taken away, uh, you know, her faith in people or, um, uh, you know, she's trying to remake herself in the world. But, yeah, she's she's still, you know, she wears these bright primary colours and that, um, you know, that reflects her personality and, and the fact that she's kept that in despite what's happened. And that's what, that sort of gives it this extra level of interest, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's um, it's you know, it's, it's exciting because you're kind of seeing things through her eyes. You sort of take on that persona of Oh, it is weird how this happens, or it is ridiculous how this happens. But I mean, and also getting the juxtaposition of stuff that she was used to fifteen years ago that are happening now. Like when she grabs her an Apple cell phone, she's like, "Oh my god, it's a Macintosh!" <laughs> <laughs> you know, and kids are like, "I don't know what you're talking yeah. about." <laughs> Hash brown, no selfie. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god, there are some great lines in it. There's a oh the um. Uh, troll the respawn, Jeremy. That was that was another favorite. That was really funny. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's some classic, classic, classic lines in it, and um, I I think we have to do a shout out right now because um, someone we both know, uh, Robert Berens from Right of Supernatural, was just making the point on Twitter that both these. Um, Shows what we're talking about, Better Call Saul and The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, are he called them legacy shows, which is probably a, a great term for it. In they're both, as we were talking about with Better Call Saul, being a continuation of the mood, the, the style of uh, Breaking Bad, and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is very much again, if you like, the, the child of uh, of 30 Rock. And as with Better Call Saul, there are a number of characters, although it's not, I wouldn't say it's necessarily set in the same universe as 30 Rock, there are a number of actors and people involved with 30 Rock, obviously, other than t in addition to Tina Fey, who are involved in the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, um, which is uh, interesting that we coincidentally chose to um, <laughs> review them both together. There was something in the zeitgeist happening there. So um, Yeah, something in the zeitgeist. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> Zygote. Th- there is something almost about um, Kimmy Schmidt, the show, that the show itself is almost – it almost feels like uh, – I mentioned Mary Tyler Moore before. It almost feels like something from the past but totally reinvented – and redone for now in that there is a, some sense of the innocence. Is, I'm still not quite sure if that's the right word, but the, the, it, it harks back to me from some of those sort of shows of the, that would have been sitcoms of the 70s. Um, maybe even something like All in the Family, totally different in style, obviously, um, but... Yeah, it's it's a new, it's a, certainly a different sort of sitcom, and it's certainly sitcommy. But um, oh god, it's so sharp, it's so smart, and it's it's so. I, I use the word joyous all the time about Broad City. This is joyous as well. Like I want, yeah, I want Kimmy to yeah. be my best friend, and I want to live with Titus, yes. and I don't want Lillian as my landlady. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, she's got to get hookups on hair on. Oh, that's right. Um, but it's so happy, isn't it? Uh, it is. Yeah, it's very um, colorful. It's very candy coated. It's very, it's very sweet, and but not saccharine. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. Oh God, sickly. no! I and that's that's my kryptonite. So if it was, yeah. if, if it was like that at all, if there was, and I think that's because there's no pity for the character of Kimmy, and that's something she certainly assures herself. This is true. Yeah, um, this is true. And that's one of the big themes of it is about. Uh, and we see in the first episode a desire for the media to paint these women as victims. And as I said, harking back again to the wonderful theme song, they're not victims. They had something terrible done to them, but they're unbreakable and they're women who've survived this. And we get to meet, so far we've met one of her, her other women that she was down in the bunker with and how she's dealing with life after the bunker in a, in a totally different way, which Kimmy is initially very um, critical of. Um, and again, it's hard to describe how this happens in a way that's everything is so light and bubbly and hilarious, but there's these other things, you know, sort of happening under the surface and just, uh, you know, little biting lines. Like there's, she walks past a construction site one day and a guy's like, oh, I wish I was your pants. And she's like, I wish I was your shiny yellow hat. And he then goes into this whole reflection about how terribly he is to women and and how catcalling is bad. And and then that gets picked up a couple of episodes later with something else. And it's just so clever and smart and um, pointed without – Without that being something it's hanging its hat on, it's not a I'm a social commentary show. It is that, but it's lots of other hilarious and adorable things as well. You've got to watch it, everyone, and I bet you can't, you can't stop at one. Uh, no, I got through five before <laughs> I uh, stopped. Um, I, I agree. It, it has something very sweet, but also some, some pretty big barbs. Um, and I think that's good. And, you know, I, I agree. Kimmy's not somebody who's... Um, weak or um, uncapable. She's just, uh, I think, I think naive is the word. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't see the world until somebody really shows it to her. Um, but, but she's adventurous and she's got a great spirit and 
it's fun. It's fun going on these little adventures with her, I think. Yeah, I'm so thrilled. And I'll be interested to see. So, of course, this first season was made for NBC. It'll be interesting to see what they do knowing they're making their next season for Netflix. So I think that right. opens up, you know, knowing you're making it for a different audience, knowing you've already been successful as well. Oh, yeah. It'll be yeah, big time. Yeah, it'll, I, I'd be fascinated to see how they sort of have some of what must have been restrictions on where they went um, when that's loosened up and they're like, okay, now we can <laughs> do what we're doing yeah. and doing it, do it to an even bigger level. So they really, they made this for NBC? Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and NBC wow. went, oh, um, no, too weird for us. <laughs> yeah, too too good for us. Yes. I mean, I, it definitely does have shades of 30 Rock. I, you know, she really reminds me of Jack McBriar's character yeah. um, from 30 Rock, um, which, you know, is, is fun. It's a fun character. It's, there's nothing wrong with it. Here's my concern, Jules, okay. is how long until we just get sick of Kimmy? Well, like how long before it just becomes annoying? I don't know. Seeing, I, I mean, I'm up to whatever episode eleven, and that hasn't. I haven't found it. Uh, that's. I'm nowhere near that now. I can't. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Maybe season four. I mean, obviously, with any anything that involves a fish out of water scenario, there's a point where the <laughs> the fish gets used to being out of water. So you, yes. it has to evolve. You have to get over. And I think cleverly, a lot of the humour doesn't rely, although those comments about her, you know, not knowing a celebrity's dead or what the current music is and all that are used, I don't feel the the, the soul of the show is, is set on that. Um, so I do think it, it can grow. And look, you know, it will depend on how clever the writers are and can they... You know what is it like for Kimmy a year or two years after she's been down the bunker, and what what are we going to be enjoying about her then? So I think it's it's a challenge in that way, um, but you know I've, I've, I think there's you know I think there's pretty of plenty of mileage to be had. I'd, I'd be looking at at least you know I think they can they can pretty much coast with their current format through the next couple of seasons and then, you know, maybe you, you start you, season three, you need to start to steer it into, you know, so, something else. But, you know, we've still got right. a couple of other, the other women she was down there with to meet. She can always go back to – so I'm up to an episode where we've met some of her family who come to New York. So we can always have her going back to Ohio as well for, for a part of, an, you know, a couple of episodes. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I think it's a challenge. But, I yeah, nowhere near that in the first season. Um, I, I could have – I probably could have gobbled down 25 of these episodes with without wiping the smile off my face. <laughs> well, that's good to know because I'm at episode five, so I uh, I'll still be enjoying it by the time I get to. The I think end so. And they 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 develop some of the characters, particularly Titus. Um, you know, gets more storyline, and you get a bit more. You know, not necessarily depth, but you get more plot lines. Um, sorry, <laughs> my computer's talking at me. Um, oh, supernatural! It just pops up on my computer. At the weirdest. Is that? Did you turn your computer into a boyfriend, Jules? <laughs> what? 
Do you have a computer dressed up in men's uh, overalls <laughs> stuffed with straw that talks to you? It says, no, Jules, I think you're fantastic. Well, it would be a girlfriend and it'd still be wearing overalls, of course. But um, well, no, I just okay, I okay, occasionally things pop up and they tend to be supernatural, uh, so to speak, literally. I mean, the TV show. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. enough about that. <laughs> My- my weird relationship with my computer. I like this this gig of me not understanding that you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> How long can I carry that on for? Oh, you keep trying. I suppose until I send you one of my sex tapes. Um, oh, God. <laughs> oh, don't pretend no. you wouldn't love that. Talk about turning gay. <laughs> girl on girl. Um Yes, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. What's your... Uh, I thought one of your sex tapes. Yeah, I did. Oh! <laughs> what? You don't want to watch me have sex? Oh, just think of Kimmy Schmidt. Go to your happy place. Your me happy and place Kimmy having Kimmy sex, Schmidt. that would be good. Well, half of it. Hey, that's fair, right? Yeah, my half. You don't want to see Kimmy having sex. I can understand that. Um Poor Kimmy. Just, she's just a young She didn't know. She's just innocent. I know. But she does. Oh, you you you're not up to where I can say anything about things that happen. No, uh, although the part where she's like, she's like in the bunker. She's like, did freaky sex stuff happen? Yeah, yes. <laughs> we might have more to find out about that. Um, oh, very good. So look, yes, both these shows uh, were very different. Like, could you get two more different? And going back to my original point about the Emmys defining comedies on how long they are, I suppose. I'll go back and say, really, you know, and you and I have talked about a lot of shows that, you know, the the world of comedy is broad and huge and, um, you know, shows like Kimmy Schmidt and Breaking and Better Call Saul are incredibly different. Uh, although I would be interested to see how different the audience they attract is. I think there might be a bit of crossover there. But, you know, oh, they're so, miles yeah. apart from uh, you know, how I met your mother or uh, Big Bang Theory. You know, they're not in the almost not in the same universe. So, uh, I suppose you might as well define a comedy by how long it is because it's probably as useful uh, as criteria as anything. Oh, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, this actually reminds me of a show that we're going to talk about in a future episode, which is called The Last Man on Earth, which I have seen some and you have not, so therefore we didn't want to talk about it. But it, it actually is kind of reminiscent of this Kimmy story a little bit. Okay. And also has a really funny, uh, well, has two very funny comedians in it, um, whom you may remember from certain television shows. Um one is from Saturday Night Live, Will Forte. I, I think you remember him. No, not a, not a Saturday. He played no. played MacGruber. Oh, look no. vaguely. I'm not a Saturday Night Live watcher. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, um, mainly because it was never on television here in Australia, and uh-huh. um, so other than catching it occasionally in the when I've been in the US, it's just not. Um, you know, it's obviously not something. Not something you well, it's not with. something you can watch yeah. on Netflix, and um, I'm not about to okay. go and you know. Download forty years of Saturday Night Live. So anyway, it's not. I'm I'm aware of some of the more famous people and sketches, but not. Okay, so you probably know him vaguely. Um, and then uh, Kristen Shaw is also one mm-hmm. of whom you know for sure. Yep. Kristen Shaw. So we'll be talking yeah. about that next time. 
Yes, and what else are we talking about next time? Have we decided yet? <laughs> no, I don't think. Well, it depends what you've got time to watch. Um, depends if I do my homework If or you not. do. I don't know if you want to watch 12 Monkeys. Or, uh, there's probably more amusing things to watch than that. I might do some research wow. and um, find some... Uh, we should we should also watch uh, Book of Negroes at one point too. I think you would like that. Sure, I will put that higher up my list. Uh, and, of course, we have got... Um, Oh, well, Daredevil, as we talked about, uh, oh, coming yeah. up. And um, I'm sure there'll be some other... So what if uh, Netflix started releasing one new show a month? How cool would that oh. be? <laughs> I need That'd to have... Fun, I right? would like to have some more restraint. Um, the last... <laughs> I'm trying to think what the last show I watched that was down... Um, that was uh, a streaming show. And I managed to watch two episodes a day over a week. And I was very proud of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. it's hard with something like Kimmy Schmidt to not just mainline. You know, Netflix just keeps saying, are you still yeah. watching? And you just go, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I'm still torn because sometimes I do feel you you, um, uh, you sort of gorge yourself on these things. And, it, you know, there's something to be said for having some time between episodes. And anyway. Uh, well, you know what I always say, if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. <laughs> Yes, and look where that's got you in life, Ryan. Lots of places. <laughs> and none of them you can go back to. Yeah, <laughs> we're not allowed back there. <laughs> and this is why we can't go back to the all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> I think that's all we've got to talk about of interest to anyone this week. So if you had to be locked up in that bunker with Tanaka for 15 years, <laughs> would you go for it? <laughs> Who would you rather have? Kimmy Schmidt with you or Tanaka? Both. I'm a, I'm a white mm, choose. No, you can only pick no, one. No, I'm a white choose girl. One. Oh, well, Kimmy then. Nope. Really? Yes. I thought you'd want Tanaka for all the penises. No, I'd rather have Kimmy's vagina. What about you? <laughs> um, yeah, definitely not the penis monster. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. Well, you do. Well, I don't do know. know. Thanks, Jules. Just because you're straight doesn't mean you can't enjoy it. You've done Again, you've done just a really super fantastic job here today. I know I have, and thanks for being along for the ride, Ryan. Uh, Follow us on TV Chinwag, at TV Chinwag. Support the Weirdo Hero movie. Uh, Ryan Ryan will be tweeting out links. I'll tweet them out occasionally if he's nice to me. Uh, Follow Ryan at, at Ryan underscore Curtis. Follow me. Uh, who am I? I'm at SuperWiki. Or Missy Jack. Oh, yeah, don't follow my personal thing because it's mainly depressing politics and me trolling. It's all porn. porn. She's lying. It's all porn. <laughs> I wish. All girl on girl porn. I wish. Oh, I might. It's all MILF on girl porn. <laughs> I might do some of that right now. Uh, it's International yeah. Women's Day. I'm off to masturbate to some MILF on girl porn. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Only you can make International Women's Day Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. Send email to fans at tvchinwag.com or follow on Twitter at tvchinwag. Music for this podcast provided by YouTube Music. For Ryan, Jules, and myself, Rich Rubin, thanks for listening to TV Chinwag.